0: So, on today's podcast, I have on Charles Whitwam from Hal for Wildlife. Hal is doing amazing work sticking us up for us sportsmen. Uh, They're taking the fight to these battleground states as we all feel like our hunting rights are being encroached upon and being attacked. And, and how Charles has set up this program to to make our voices heard, to get our, our letters and our emails and our phone calls to the right people and the right committees that are making these decisions. And he's taking the fight to these battleground states where they're tr- trying to whittle away our hunting rights. Uh, such an important cause. And this is one of my resolutions for the new year is to keep myself more informed and more engaged in, in these fights for Uh, different seasons and hunting rights and regulations and and also part of that is to keep you guys more informed so this is a real important podcast to me I really enjoyed it with Charles and I hope you guys enjoy it too I want to thank Black Rifle Coffee Company a Black Rifle Coffee Company makes some amazing coffee I am part of their subscription list so I get a bag of coffee every single month and they're all good Uh, I love their roasts. I love their instant. I use their instant. uh, It's actually freeze-dried real coffee in there. And it's one of the only instant coffees I've ever had that doesn't bother my stomach or make me feel different than like a standard cup of coffee. Uh, This stuff does the trick. It keeps me alive in the mountains. Uh, I supply it for my buddies when we go on the hunts. Also, their instant tea bags makes great coffee. Uh, Just super coffee for in the mountains. And then, like I say, I like their subscriptions. I'm part of it. Uh, Their coffee roast just tastes better than most roasts. And it's a great company that I like to put my dollars behind. Uh, They're veteran-owned, veteran-operated. They do a lot for our military and just a great company overall. So you can save some money if you go to Black Rifle Coffee Company, backsplash backsplash, backslash Eastman's, and then punch in the promo code Brian in there and that'll save you some off that uh, coffee subscription or that instant coffee or anything that you need. So uh, thanks to those guys. I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers. I just talked to Earl Stroll, the owner, the other day. Uh, Earl is a small company, but he's done his due diligence on these stabilizers. He spent years developing these and evolving the, the, the connection points and the strength of them. Uh, they're uh, carbon fiber bars, so it really puts the weight out front or in the back. Uh, you guys know that I like to use larger bars. The bow just aims better that way. It also affects the reaction of the bow. I'm using a 15 out front. I'm using a 12 in back. And Cutter has just released their new sidebar mounting system. Uh, so Earl's also been working on this for, has to be like over a year now, in testing and development to make sure it's going to hold up uh, to the abuse that us bow hunters can put on it. Uh, so it', it uh, a great side bracket. Make sure to check it out. Uh, they have weights. They have bars, all different sizes. Just great products and a great company that I like putting my dollars behind. So thanks to Cutter for their support. Make sure to go check them out. Over at Eastman's, we're keeping busy over there. Um, got some good new Beyond the Grid or Internet TV show that will be dropping on YouTube here shortly. Uh, you can also check us out on Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor channel. Uh, check out Tag Hub. It's our internet research tool. They also have a premium membership on there that'll get you Tag Hub. It'll get you both magazines. It gets you you access to our entire video library. Uh, There's a bunch of benefits in there as well as giving away three hunts this season and a bunch of gear from some of our sponsors. And also we'll get you some gear savings from some of our sponsors. Uh, So you can save a little money on that if you punch in the promo code Brian at the end of that. And again, that's a uh, tag hub. Um and and also Eastman's Elite membership. And with that, um man, just um keeping busy around here. Uh it's been um it's been great setting up this bow, getting ready for bow season, planning all my adventures. I'm just super stoked! I got to sit down and record a solo podcast for you guys here shortly. So I might do it on like my my bow setup and bow tuning, and kind of go through some of my gear for you guys. So I've got some good ideas for podcasts. So, um, sitting on a bunch of good recordings right now, and uh, just keep ro- keep them rolling for you guys coming into season here. So, um. Uh, hopefully we can learn from the podcast and be better hunters, so uh, excited to bring those to you guys, but let's get into this podcast. Uh, it's really important stuff, a uh, great recording with, with Charles Whitwam. He's from Hal for Wildlife. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Barney. Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Charles.
1: Thank you very much. I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and um, and having me on to to talk about howl. I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, so howl's like a like a, a newer um, or at least it's newer to me. I'm just finding out about it, but it really seems like you're uh, fighting for sportsmen's rights. For like, um, uh, I've seen a lot for predator hunting, for bear hunting, but yeah, just give me a like a a brief overview of of howl and how you're involved in it.
1: Yep. So uh, my name is Charles Whitlam. I'm the president and founder of Howl for Wildlife. And we launched January 11th of this past year. I've been working on it, oh, a little over a year, trying to develop a, a platform, a website, and, and, and software that will, that, that essentially makes it really, really easy for anybody. But obviously, we're going after sportsmen to get involved in the legislative you know legislative issues that have to do with anti-hunting uh bills or or with pro-hunting bills as well. And so that's that's what I've been working on that's what I launched and it really is it kind of surprises me every day um how effective it is and how we just started and nobody knew who we were and how how successful it's been so far it's 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 really it's kind of mind mind blowing how far it's come so far.
0: That's amazing, Charles. Um yeah, it it is it's so tough to keep informed in today's day and age and and, and even for me it's one of my goals to keep better informed, to uh, help inform my audience, to you know, help put things out on my social media, to to help build support around a lot of these laws, and I'm just finding out that you know that a lot of these laws uh they're they're not passed on biology or they're not passed on uh to to help the the common public land hunter out like a lot of them they have ulterior motives you know and so it's good to like be able to uh, get informed for us and also to inform other people of what's going on so we can stand up for some of these things. Yeah,
1: 100%. And it's not, you know, each state's a little different. Each some states are run their 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 process for at least for wildlife bills are, are run a little differently than others. Some states have a right to hunt. Some states have a commission that is very pro hunting. And um and what I mean by that is, you know, there might be some um some criteria that they need to meet before they can be on a be on a commission. It's it's not just governor appointed, and you can be, you know, a vineyard owner and a, and a friend or something. And next thing you know, you're on the Wildlife Commission. So each state is very different. And so it, it's, it's of course, I don't think there's any lack of, you know, if you want to find out what's going on in the country, state by state, I wouldn't say there's a lack of, of, of knowing what's going on. The lack that I've seen and the reason why we created HAL for Wildlife life was how do we get sportsmen and women involved in this process? There's been, there's been a giant gap there that you might see something, Oh, this is going on in this state or this is going on in my state. Now, what it is, what is it that I'm supposed to do? How do I get involved at the most basic level? And that for some reason has been really, really difficult. Now you might've been told, send an email to your legislator or or, you know, um you might have been given, you know, a list of of emails that maybe you're going to copy and paste and then write your own email and take the time to draft up, you know, an email that makes that makes some sort of sense. Um But I, I know most people do, do not do that <laughs> because it just takes it takes time. And a lot of people, they don't know exactly what to write. They know that, you know, yeah, I'm a hunter and. and 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 I support this or I'm against this or whatnot. But how do I write a letter that I feel is effective or an email or whatnot that I feel is effective that goes to not only my legislator, but more importantly, and this is also where we come in, that goes to the decision makers that are surrounding the bill that you want to get involved in. And I'll I'll explain that it's if 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 you just have an, an action center and it's contact your legislator if that legislator has nothing to do with that bill or if you aren't in or if you aren't in that state or you are not in that district or whatnot and you're just sending a letter to your legislator um that's not necessarily getting to the decision makers that are that are they're that actually going to be making a decision on this bill because there's there's tons of different committees there's subcommittees there's commissioners there's there's you know you name it um, it's a little more complicated than than just, you know, writing your congressman or your legislator or, or having it or having it be zip code based. Um, that's that's where we've come in and, and made it to where when you come in and you take action on any of the actions that we have, when you click that button, you are sending you know from anywhere from one email to so far we've had one where you click the button, it's sends 165 emails at once and it goes to the people who are directly involved with this bill whether they are a sponsor or whether they are a decision maker more importantly the decision makers because those are the people who will ultimately decide if this bill should go to the next committee if it should pass fully you know it depends on where that bill is at at that point in time but that's where we have it set up so you can be in florida and see a bill in Washington State, and we've made it so that sportsmen in Florida can get involved and and, um, and and voice their concerns to to something that's going on in Washington State, and vice versa as well. And and that's what we are trying to do. We're trying to get all sportsmen, all ple- all people who care about healthy wildlife populations and believe in sound management practices, believe that. Hunting is a huge role in in wildlife management. We want all of those people who feel that way to get involved and get everybody's back, no matter what kind of hunting it is. So if it's predator hunting, if it's ungulate hunting, if it's turkey hunting, if it's trapping, if it's hound hunting, we want the full support of the entire hunting community to support those who are at the time are in need of support because we believe – you know, after seeing a number of years now, the attack on hunting and who it's coming from and how they do it and what they start with and the states that they start with and the states they've been successful in, we see it that if you don't get involved now, you will see it in your state somewhere down the line if it's not already there right now. So it's a, it's a, it's a broader picture. It's kind of just stepping back <clears throat> instead of zeroing in on, on, you know, on a small area, it's stepping back and looking at what's re- really going on and what can we do right now to to be the most powerful force that we can be and the way that legislation often works is you know whoever is the loudest the squeakiest wheel right and that's what we're trying to be and and and, and in the past all of none, none of what i just said is new it's only new to the hunting community the hunting community has not been given the proper tools or resources to Get involved at this level. It surprises me. It really does, especially more the more that I get into this. But the, this is not new. When they er this is not new to the anti-hunting organizations, and I I know this 100 percent for a fact. I mean, there's there's um, officials in Georgia, for instance, who just who just said they just told me they're like, man, we've been waiting for this because we we get this all the time. We get the pressure all the time whenever there's something that comes up in the anti-hunting organization don't like it they knock our doors down and now we are finally seeing this from the hunting community and we're happy we're seeing it because it's 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 evening it out it's evening the pressure out and they you know there's no excuse anymore for there shouldn't be any excuse anymore for, for somebody to say we haven't heard from the hunting community on this you know besides like you know a handful of people we're bringing in thousands and thousands of people Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, v- Virginia, for instance, yesterday there was a, a, a bill that was passed in Virginia to allow hunting on Sundays, which is something that they've been fighting for uh, decades and decades and decades um, through our platform alone because it's, it's kind of a force multiplier. So like I said, when you go in and you, you push that button and you send an email, um, I can't remember how many emails. I think we were sending 100 emails at, at once for each person. So because of that, 115,000 emails went through our platform just on that bill in Virginia. Um, which is huge. And, and, and furthermore, those emails are not all the same. You're not putting your name on a form letter. You're not sending out the exact same email as the next person. We have the capability of setting up as many different email templates as possible. So, and, And the same thing with email subject lines. So when somebody comes there and if they choose to not edit that email, because you can edit it, you can add your own voice to it. You can add to it. You can erase the whole thing and write your own. But, but we're still doing you the service where it's getting to the right people. Right. But one, another thing that we've added is when these legislators, when these, you know, decision makers see this, it's not just all the same email. So they can't just instantly filter it all and say, well, this is this, this is that it's coming from, from you know it's coming from some organization or something like that this is basically a portal where you regular joe smith hunter can now open up a conversation with decision makers between you and them on these bills it doesn't we are how for wildlife is nowhere mentioned in any of this We, we just provide the portal to get that conversation going and what's really cool is these decision makers are are responding back specifically to, you know, in relation to the email that you're, that you sent, they're responding back to you with, Hey, thanks for this email about this specific bill. Here's how I feel about this on this bill. And, um, I thank you for your time. If there's any other question, you know, they're, they're trying to actually have a conversation with you. It's not, it's not always a canned conversation from them either. And then it gives you the opportunity to, you know, to kind of, build that relationship and also say thank you to them. And so then when another hunting bill comes down the line, um, you know, they know how hunters feel and, and hopefully, you know, we're asking them do all of this politely and respectively and, you know, be respectful in, in your, in your emails and your correspondence and all that. But, you know, obvi- that can go a long ways, a long, long ways. So we're just, we just opened it up so you can have the availability to, to speak with not only your constituency, but anywhere, anyone around the country who, um, who who is willing to listen to you know ideas surrounding the say the North American model of, of wildlife conservation bringing conversations like that up to these legislators it's it's gone a long long ways.
0: Gosh, I can only imagine, Charles. That's absolutely amazing. Like, um, uh, what a what a important niche that you that you filled in the in the hunting community, and and how might possibly be doing more for wildlife and more for hunters than uh the majority of programs out there just the way it's set up though the way you describe it um you know where it, it, it isn't all the same email or it isn't all the same subject line on it that it is a personalized email that goes to the right people and the right committees that are making those decisions because i mean it, it has been so hard and it's not that uh us uh, sportsmen don't care about rules being passed, or don't care about other states or hunting rights being taken away. But you're, but you're right. The way it's, uh, the these um, uh, uh, non-hunting identities, they're strategic in the states they attack, in the in the species that they attack, and the way they go about this attack to keep progressing their agenda. And so for us hunters, it's not that we don't care. It's like everybody has a a full time job and has a family and trying to enjoy the outdoors and and sure if something comes down our pipeline in our own state, we try to get involved and make our voice heard but it's it's tough to keep informed on all of it in all these different states, all the rules and regulations that come up that that I do feel a bit overwhelmed, like trying to keep up with Washington or California or some of those states that tend to pass rules and regulations first and set a precedent before they move on to other states before i have the fight right on my on my front doorstep and so um i just think that's amazing what you've put together in in such a short amount of time and and realizing you know how to reach those committees and those members and send those right emails to make our voice heard and it's You know, it's the same thing with these politicians. It's not that they want to do wrong by us, but they're listening to the masses. They have this responsibility to listen to the population. And if hunters are never heard, and it's only the antis that know how to play the game, then we're going to get a lot of laws and rules passed against us. So... Like it's just a, a, what an amazing resource. How did you come up with the idea for it or, or how did you create it or find the developers for it or um, uh, what, what gave you the inspiration, the idea to start? How?
1: Yeah. So a year ag- about uh, thir- 14 months ago, uh, well, January of 2021, so a little over a year ago, uh, there was a bill in California to outright ban bear hunting. It was introduced by a senator from San Francisco and immediately after that was first read, it, it just ticked me off. And I started basically a grassroots movement to get everybody involved that I could. I just, I didn't know where it was going to go. It wasn't hal for wildlife. It was completely unorganized. It was just on, on, on social media. So I set up a, a, a petition. And I set it up to go to the decision makers because I had been involved in a bill before and I, and I realized I was like, Oh, there's decision makers are way different than contact your legislator. And you know, it was a, it was like a Senate ag committee or something on this bill before. So I figured out who, what decision maker was, um, who, what group was involved with this. And so I had this petition set up to go to them and it for whatever reason just caught. Like wildfire, and in five days it went from, you know, me posting on social media to Mediator getting a hold of it and them posting about it, and we got twenty-seven thousand signatures in five days and th- thousands of calls. Also, we set up call campaigns to to these decision makers, and I think a number of things were wrong. <laughs> the bill was very. Very poorly written. I think they thought it was one of those bills where, you know, let's just write it up, we'll get it passed. And there was such a um, a resistance to it. They pulled the bill in five days. I think it was day six or something that they pulled it. So there, there wasn't time for any of the hunting orgs or any of the bigger national groups to get involved. It was hunters across the U.S. getting involved and making their voice heard. So for me, I was like, okay, well, this must not this must not exist yet, right? Where hunters can really have their voice be heard and have them directly contact the people who are making the decisions here. And, you know, the lobbyists here in California, the pro-hunting lobbyists here in California, he said, I've been doing this for, I think he said, 30 years. He said, I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen hunters get so involved and have you know, a, a, a similar voice. So I just started looking into it and I'm like, well, I, it's cause it doesn't exist. Like the tool, it's actually just not there, which is mind boggling to me that it's not there. Um, so that's when I started, uh, doing research on, on websites, on software, on, um, some of the, some of the things that I needed to accomplish to, to, to get around um, some of the the typical roadblocks where where I could have anybody in any state be involved, and um, that was definitely a process. Uh, <laughs> it's it it cost a lot of money. I, I paid for everything myself um, to develop this, and uh, I, I got I even you know a lot of the companies that could offer or build what it was that I wanted to build. Um, they said, well, we aren't. You know, they were quote-unquote progressive-minded companies. And uh, as soon as they heard that I had anything to do with hunting, I didn't align with their ethics anymore. And all the time I'd spent with them building it or or even investing money, um, that went away. <laughs> 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 so uh, I just didn't stop and finally found something that would work because there, there really wasn't anything out there that would work. I had the sort of Frankenstein so, some some integrations uh, where this would all work because I also wanted to incentivize people who got involved. I wanted to incentivize hunters and I wanted to show that the hunting community and brands and whatnot would be willing to support a platform that is essentially free. I've made it free for, for everybody to, to do this. You can join and joining just means you have a login, which the reason why you have a login is because when you, take action or if you share a post or if you share like an action or whatnot, or if, if somebody, you know, clicks your link that you shared and they sign up I made it. So you get a, a point value for all of that. And then when you reach a certain threshold, so I've gamified the website. So basically when you reach a certain threshold, you automatically get entered into con- contests to win, you know, industry level rewards from, from partners. Um, and then, of course, you know, we have the code, the discount codes and things like that. So every time you take an action, um, that basically gives you access to a, to a login page where, you know, you can, you can get, um, discounts on, well, Eastman's, Eastman's, for instance, <laughs> they have a 20% discount code set up where, um, if you take action, you get access to, uh, 20% off of, of the, um, the um, the hub, hub. The, yeah. the, the tag hub that they have. So that's that's one of the partners there, for instance. So I wanted to just set it up and not be sponsored really by anybody. I wanted to just show, hey, you know, we all need to come together. It is time to do this, and I don't care who it is. I don't care who, who, who the credit needs to go to or what. It, it really doesn't matter. We just have a mission in mind. There's millions and millions and millions of hunters, there's way more millions of anglers and there's sport people who consider themselves sportsmen. So if you look in the shooting sports, there's 60 to 80 million of us. And I just feel like that's not being utilized at all. And, and, and also the, the multi-billion dollar industry that, that represents the, you know, the, the sportsman's industry is, um, I think a lot of it is money well spent, but I think a lot of it is money, um, that should be spent on say mainstream marketing of, What conservation really is. So, so what does that mean? You know, you you see commercials and billboards and whatnot that PETA puts up, or the Humane Society of the United States, or you know, whoever. And you might not, you don't have to agree with that, um, but you still see it. You see it in the mainstream media, and with the past hundred and plus years of of proof that conservation has through. License sales through the Pittman Robertson Act, through, um, you know, all the, all the money that, that goes to conservation that comes from the hunting and angling community. Why aren't we marketing that to the mainstream media? Um, through the mainstream outlets is what I mean to the, to the, to the non hunting public, to the neutral public. Why aren't we trying to get them on our side? I feel like we spend a lot of money marketing to ourselves, to the choir. You know, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is great. And of course, and everybody agrees with it. But why aren't we trying to pull in a few percentage points from the non-hunting neutral crowd? They enjoy, well, nobody's saying they have to become a hunter. I'm not saying come be a hunter, but I'm saying here is why you are seeing healthy herds of ungulate populations and predator populations because of management. And here's all this money that goes to that. That comes from That comes from this. So inspire that conversation and engage those people to either disagree um, or be curious about it and say, huh, really? Let me go look that up. And then they look it up and they're like, all right, well, I haven't been told this before. I didn't know this. So then now when an issue comes up, we can also hopefully rely on them to get involved. Like, I really think this is the way. If if we want to make... The anti-hunting organizations and the pressure that they put on on legislators, congressmen, representatives and whatnot, I want to make them irrelevant. And to make them irrelevant is through education. And I and we have the data and the proof and the science, I think, to do that. I, I really do. But it it's just I don't know why. I don't know why I'm the one talking about this. It's it's kind of. It's a little crazy to me, but I am, and this is the position I'm in, but I really think this is the, um, you know, the direction that we need to be headed and there's no shortage of money. There really isn't. And we just, I just think we need to spend it differently in different places.
0: Yeah. Um, Gosh, I I think you're a great voice for it. Like uh, the way you explain it and articulate it, so so we can all understand it. Because you're right that's that's where the that's where the power is. That's how we make our voice heard. But we've been so disorganized for so long that um, these animal rights have been able to take advantage of that to know how to get things done uh, legislatively and and to know you know how to reach them and and who to reach. And I love what you what you're saying also about. Being in our own echo chamber, talking to ourselves, promoting ourselves to each other, where yeah. uh, you're you're right. Like we um we we need to educate the other population out there, uh the the people that that do enjoy camping, the people that do enjoy fishing, and you look at all the boat ramps that we put in and fishing accesses that we put in. But a lot of these people, they, they don't know when something's coming up for a vote or when some big change is coming down the line. So I definitely like I, uh, you guys have, have helped make me aware of, you know, a few initiatives that I've seen just through your social media, but I definitely have to join, uh, your guys's website. So, uh, you know, I get updates through email through Hal. um, you yep. guys are just doing, uh, amazing are Charles, like, um, uh, how is this, how, how is this all funded or how are you making this all work? Like you said, you started it on your own time. Did, did you guys take donations then, or is this yeah. part of, you're able to make money through the website, through the views that you get, uh, through partnering with some of these companies or how is how going to be funded?
1: A fantastic question. Well,
0: I'm up,
1: up to date. So I've, I've, I paid for everything out of my own pocket. Um, and then when we launched, it's, it's all donation only. So there's no monetization of anything thus far. I don't really want to go that route. I want to, I want to keep this creative and, and set up a a totally different model if, if we can. Um, so it's, it's all just been on, Hey, you know, if you believe in what we're doing, if you believe in the, the value of what we are, you, you can see directly what it is we offer. It's the website, it's the portal. That's, um, that's, that's the value. So if you believe in that, please support us. That's, that's definitely the message there. Um, we do have now it's, it's just me and John Stallone. We, it's, and he's in Arizona. He's my partner who's helping me, um, with, with a lot of this. And then we, we just hired on kind of a, a sales guy who's going to be helping us with partnerships and whatnot. And, um, so we're very small, all these bills and all these actions, it's just me, um, like working 20 hours a day, basically trying to update the website and figure out mapping of, of how this should work and all the different members and whatnot. Cause we have, we have 18,000 people that have, that have signed up now. Um, Which is huge. So now what do I do with those 18,000 people? How do I keep them engaged? You know, how do we all all that? So many things that I don't even know about. Like, I've gotten myself into to a whole thing here where it's (laughs) like, okay, like I have a mission. I know what I want to accomplish, but I'm not a pro in this, this, this and this. But I got myself into it. (laughs) Right. So I can only imagine once we have the right team what we will be able to accomplish and, you know, as, as far as just being as, as efficient and clear as we can be on, on our side, on the, on the back end side here. But the team really is how many people can we get to get involved? You know, how many people can we get to to reach legislators? And so far we've I didn't look it up today, but yesterday we've had four hundred and fifteen thousand individual actions go through run through our platform since uh since January eleventh of this year. So less than two months. And it's been well those are just the emails. So four hundred and fifteen thousand emails that have been sent to decision makers throughout all the issues we've had in in, in states, which is giant. Now imagine what will happen if we get if we become a large organization and everybody actually knows about us? Like, imagine if we get one percent. My goal is one percent of. Of whoever considers themselves a, a sportsman or sportswoman. Because we're just in the point zero, 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 zero. And and what we've done so far is is huge. And we've heard about it. We've heard about it from legislators. We haven't. Um, this is you know maybe this is a stretch, but I'm just saying we have not lost a bill yet, and in every single bill that we've been involved in, it has been clear from either the delegates or the the senators, they've said what's going on, like we've where'd all these hunters come from? We've never heard from them before. We've heard from the orgs. We've heard from them saying you know. Our membership, which consists of this many thousands of people, this is what we believe in, but we've never individually heard from those people. So what happens when we get to, if we can reach a million people and, and have a million people actually taking action, that's huge. And that's what I really want to, I mean, that's, that's my goal. That's what I really want to get to. I want to get to a million people that can regularly speak up on hunting and angling issues. Um. Because then I think we can we can seriously will be a force to be reckoned with.
0: Absolutely, Charles. Um, you have the vision. Like uh, you see what it can be and what you can create, and and you see how it affects these states and this legis- legislation. Like um and, and you're willing to put in the work your own money and 20 hours a day to make this thing happen like you have the vision it's just continuing to to grow it but um what an important cause like where us hunters you included this previous year really feel like we're attacked from all sides like I I hardly feel like I can keep up and I feel like there's more and more rule changes that that don't benefit us sportsmen that. That that don't benefit the the states uh, uh, ungulish uh, uh, ungulates and and predator populations that that don't really help these states be at their best and so like what an important organization and all your services are offered for free and, and also like having an organization. Um, that I know is looking out for me, that I know I can trust, and know that my dollars uh, are are going to go to work to to help keep what I what I cherish and love for me and for future generations. Like, um, uh, it, it's just amazing. Like a lot of times you don't know where your money goes, or even what organization organizations to be part of or to join. There's so many different ones out there. Um, but I, I think what Hal is doing is, is um uh. uh Above and clear, you know, uh, above these other organizations, just because you're involved in the legislation and the the power you have through these these uh, programs that you've written uh, with this uh, this email chain going to the right people, um, it, it, it's really going to change things and change the game. I I think this is just amazing, Charles. I am, I am one hundred percent on board and and just thankful there's somebody like you that that thought of this and came up with this. So a sportsman's can be heard. And it, it really gives me a lot of hope for the future, which is great. Uh, maybe talk about, like, I'd love to hear about some of your successes as I've seen a lot of them. You said that they're, you know, anything you've got involved in, you know, hasn't passed against us, but talk about some of these major successes you've seen across the West already uh, in just this, this short time that you've been, you know, the, the how organization for wildlife.
1: Yeah, so so we have we have success and we have progressed. So um we actually have an archive section on our on our website now. So uh the Colorado bill, SB twenty two zero three one, that was to ban mountain lion hunting and bobcat hunting, and it also said Canadian links, but that was already federally protected. That was a success, and that was a huge success that many organizations got involved in, and and we were also involved in with the the email and a call campaign because we also have a similar – we have a call campaign set up as well where you're not just making a blind call. It's sort of a tutorial um, uh, uh, system where if you want to make a call to the decision maker and actually speak with them – our system will call your phone and lead you through some prompts and on your screen, there'll be talking points. So it'll say, we're going to connect you to this decision maker next. And here's talking points. Here's how it works. When you're ready, we're going to connect you to this person. And then it goes to the next person. You can go all the way down the line if you want to. So we had that set up for, for Colorado as well. Um, that bill was killed in, um, in a committee meeting and, uh, I was there for that one personally as well, and that was awesome because so many hunters showed up um, and literally showed up to the uh, to the Capitol building. There was a, a few hundred hunters there, I believe, which was which was incredible. Um, New Hampshire had a a beagle club uh, bill, which essentially would have banned beagle clubs. And so think about how small that is. Like, who do you know that's in a beagle club? <laughs> we had it didn't matter there was thousands of hunters that got involved with that and they probably probably none of them ever had a beagle maybe they did maybe they didn't but that bill was killed and i wish i had this email from a legislator who wanted this bill to pass and he he emailed and he said this bill was going to pass i thought it was going to pass but the amount of pressure that has been put on um, our small New Hampshire uh, legislator committee house, I can't remember exactly what the words he's like, we just don't want to deal with it. And this bill has been suggested for us to be killed because um, he said, if your intention was to kill this bill, Machiavelli would be proud. It's it's the craziest email because it's coming from somebody who wanted the bill to pass. <laughs> and so he was responding directly to the amount of pressure. Um, Virginia, had a trapping bill that was killed, and I want to make it clear. I want—I don't want to say like we got it killed. There's a lot of people involved with this. There's a lot of organizations involved. There's boots on the ground people who are doing. We—we are just providing where hunters can make their voices heard and reach the decision makers. So that's an important part of this puzzle. I don't want to—I don't want to act like for a second it's all of us. You know, it's just how that's doing. That's that's winning this. It's not. It's a team effort. And that's the way I, I want to make that clear that it is um, Virginia legalizing hunting on Sundays. That just passed yesterday. They've been fighting that for decades and decades and decades and decades.
0: Which is horrible Uh, for, like, sportsmen's, like, the working class that only have a weekend or two days to hunt, and they legally cannot go and hunt on their day off on Sunday. It doesn't make any sense in today's day and age. So, yeah, uh, good for you guys fighting for that.
1: Literally doubled the opportunity that you – the hunting opportunity for people like that. People who work Monday through Friday, they just had their hunting opportunity doubled, right? Right. Cause they could work on Saturday or they could hunt on Saturday. If they couldn't on Sunday, now they can so double that double their opportunity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, huge. it's huge. There's, there's other States that we have that we're working on that as well. Uh, South Carolina currently Maine might be coming up where I guess they're considering it. There isn't a bill yet for it. Um, Pennsylvania is, is a big one that we just got involved in. And I think Massachusetts is a, is another state, um, that, uh, that, where it might be coming up. Um, but then there was, um, in Mississippi, there was a, um, 6,000 acres of Black Prairie wildlife management area that was brought up to be sold to, to, to private land. And, and this is an area where I, I had first heard about this because Robbie at, uh, Um, Robbie Kroger at blood origins, he, he contacted me and he said, Hey, is there something you can do about this? This is in my backyard. And it was, it was right when it first came out and I said, sure. I mean, send me some content on it. You know, like, like that's, that's the hard part for me is we don't have, we don't have a team of people in every state. So trying to stay up with all these things that's going on in each state and I'm in California. Um, I'm like, yeah, if you can please just send me some content and he did. So we wrote up a, um, um an action for for that issue and that little town um i i feel bad for the lady that was answering all the emails <laughs> and 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 plus when they had their um their meeting on it kind of their town hall meeting on it tons of hunters showed up which normally does not happen and i i was watching it live on the live feed and you could just see you could hear it and what and and what some of the legislators were saying they're like man where'd all these people come from you know we didn't know this was such a big issue and it is a big issue because it like you said earlier when and this wasn't this wasn't like an anti-hunting you know uh, attack or whatnot it was that's not the that's not the people or the orgs who who brought up this idea to sell it to private um, but it it does set a precedent and, and it also shows I think what's – the reason why we've been so successful is that hunters are now getting involved emotionally in this process because they're seeing, holy cow, like my voice is actually getting somewhere. And now they're responding to me, and now we're winning. So maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe there is hope here. So – Let's get them involved in this little issue that's going on in Mississippi, <laughs> and and it worked. It and it, I love it every single day when when something like this happens, and I and I and I see these successes. I'm just as excited as I, I guide an, an outfit sometimes when I have time in California, and I get I usually get more excited than than the hunter because <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> and this is kind of the same thing. I'm like, this is amazing this is so incredible to see this happening and, and to, cause again, and you said it earlier, it's all about organization. The, the numbers are there. More than enough numbers are there. I'm just looking for single digit percentages and I know we'd be a hundred percent successful, but the numbers are there. The money's there. The, the passion is there. We just haven't been able to set up a way for people to actually get involved. Um, so then we've had some progress. So California and Washington are obviously two giant battleground states. And um, hunters have, I say hunters, I, I, I'm i assuming most of them are hunters. Hunters have shown up in droves to, in California, there is a, there's another official petition submitted to the wildlife uh, committee here to, uh, it's essentially the band bear hunting. It's, they, they made it. It's a little smarter than that, the way that they wrote it up, but that's essentially what they're what they're going after. And one of the one of the um, services, I guess, that we provide, or I don't know, avenues or whatever, to get people involved in, is when there is committee meetings, you can show up to them. You can have either in person or by you know Zoom if if if, if they can't have them in person yet. But there's a time for public comment. Um, there's a time for expert testimony, so we have, and and this is through one of my uh, uh, volunteers is all I can say because that's that's just what he is. But his name's Mike Costello. He has really coordinated so much of this for me in, in California, where he is setting up the Zoom meetings through our platform, and we've had. Literally 100 on the, in the last California committee meeting, the, the fish and wildlife committee meeting, we had hundreds of hunters at the meeting and 63 of them spoke, um, at the committee, um, uh, to the committee. And this was based on the work that he put in the, the meetings that we had. So then we now had hunters that were going in and intelligently speaking on these issues and knew how this process worked. And we all weren't saying the same thing. And, and it's, and now it's like, wow, that wasn't that hard, was it? Now you can get involved at this level if you want to. And it doesn't really take that much time. It's just, you know, it's, it's kind of intimidating. It's, it's, listen, it's intimidating for me. I'm not, I'm not a pro at this. When it's my turn to speak, I'm all, my hands are sweaty and I'm like, God, you know, I'm speaking to this kind of this board or whatever. That's not my, that's not my thing, but once I'm done with it I'm like man that wasn't that bad and now the next time when this happens it's that much easier and and now all these other hunters they you know they feel the same way the guys who 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 you know who were there speaking and so now it's really gone it's it's gone in our favor in in Washington and California and what I mean by that is that they've pushed it down the line to get it closer to hopefully You know, the response back is, is what's the science based solution here? Because that's what we're going for. For the most part, that's what we're going for on these issues. And and that's what we're pushing for. And, you know, the other side can't really they'll use science, but it's social science. And if we have enough, you know, wildlife biologists and experts and whatnot involved on our side, there's some really, really captivating, intriguing, smart, intelligent conversation going on. And the committee members just can't, they can't deny that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this does make sense. You know, um, wiping away predator management as a whole, how is this going to affect the ungulate populations? It's going to have a detrimental effect on the ungulate populations. So our message is actually the role of hunting is what saves wildlife. The anti hunting message, whether they know it or not, because I don't, I don't think that they do. I do think most of them have what they think is good intentions. However, if, if their, if their ideas were carried out, that actually hurts wildlife. It, it, it hurts predators because you have too many of them and there's only so much habitat and it hurts ungulates because there's too many predators and there's only, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. And that goes all, all on down the line to Turkey and, and you know, you name it. So we have a fantastic message. Just how do, we, how do we shape this and craft it and, and, and get as many people as, as hunters understanding this message as well? And that's the same thing for me. I, I've been hunting all my life, but I haven't really thought about what the message is. I haven't thought about my role as, as a, as in management when it comes to hunting. But now I am because I'm involved in this. And I just, you know, I saw the void and I was like, well, I, I think I can do something about it. So let's get involved and let's all learn together and, and hopefully win.
0: Yeah, you're doing it Charles. Um yeah, it's uh, uh so many of those points that you speak on uh uh make sense to me. It, it is you know, we do want to be involved. The sportsmen do want to be involved. We just, you know, we're all so busy with our own lives and work and, and trying to get some recreating. So, you know, we don't have the time to sit down and to write our congressman or to do all the research necessary to to make our voices heard. And so, you know, through your organization, you've just made it easy for us. And And now, you know, we have so many great role models and so many good spokesmen that really help educate us on conservation and the conservation model and and we've seen it play out you know just like what you're talking about in Yellowstone when you put wolves on the endangered species list and then you don't let biologists manage the predator populations like grizzly bears like wolves you leave that in the hands of politicians you know they decimate the elk herds they took the Northern Greater Yellowstone herd from 20,000 down to below 2,000. Uh yep. same thing around Elk City over 20,000 elk where, you know, now it's down below 1500. Like um oh, wow. where these populations are unchecked. Um it it's it's where it it um it it really has a a negative effect on wildlife and the 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 entire ecosystem. It throws it out of balance and so uh, you know, now we're seeing it in Wyoming and Montana where we can manage our wolf populations, where they're managed by biologists. We're able to keep those populations in check. And a lot of our populations have bounced back, not all of them, uh, but a lot of them. And, and then, like you said, like they uh, they're not using science in the same way that we are. You know, they like uh, the science I've heard about Yellowstone is, is it's great. All the aspen trees are coming back. Because the elk aren't rubbing on them because the wolves are eating all the elk. Yeah, but you can't see any elk in the park. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I've seen <laughs> yeah. articles written about how great it is that the aspen trees are coming back. You know, that there's no elk around. The wolves have killed them all, you know. And it's like they try to spin it in their favor uh, for sure. But it's just like the more educated we can get and and uh, uh, the more involved we can get. Like, this is all of our fight. And – you know it's um one of those things that i just can't ignore anymore as well like the 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 fight's been brought right to my doorstep and if we don't unite and stick up for a lot of these other states uh, these battleground states and um states with less of a voice or like you say that the 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 small uh, population that that do hunt with beagles or you know it's like a predator uh, hunters, you know, it's, it's easy to attack bear hunters. Um, you know, it's easy to attack bow hunters to, to break us up. But if we stay united and we make our voice heard, like, uh, we really can, uh, uh, we, we really can get change and change in a positive direction and, and bring the science to the forefront and people that don't hunt, they are interested in hearing our story. Like our, our story has been brought to the mainstream now, how, uh, you know, the the most organic, nutrient rich protein on the planet and, and self sustainability. And, you know, a lot of people have has, have helped bring awareness to this. You know, the you talked about meat eater. Steve Ranell is a great spokesperson that really helps educate people on the lifestyle that we live. There's a bunch of good ones out there. You know, Joe Rogan's done a a great thing at educating, you know, populations that, that wouldn't be hunters but educating them about the lifestyle and about elk meat and about what we do and so the more we can tell that story the more we can make our voice heard uh and, and the more that we can play the political game that it has to be played uh you know then we can really uh uh be able to keep like a lot of these these rights and, and a lot of these these passions that we have for the outdoors that we're that are going to continue for years to come because um there are no guarantees, and if, if we don't start now, uh, you know, it it's slowly but surely the lifestyle that we love to live is going to be chipped away at. So, man, I'm just – I am on board with how. Like I just think you're doing such great work, Charles. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to visit the website when we get off this podcast and uh, to read more into it. It's just amazing, man. Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty simple. The website, I don't think you can get lost. It's basically all about taking action <laughs> and and where to do that. And it's through clickable pictures. So, um, it, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll find it fairly easy. And, uh, and then the rest of it is, is essentially the rewards, um, which again, you don't have to sign up for specifically. You just might get an email one day and say, Hey, you have 200 points and you just want to, sweet seven hundred dollar backpack or something so that's that's essentially how how simple it is
0: yeah man that's I, how we want to keep it i can't wait wait well, uh you guys have some good bear hunting there in california and thanks to you guys you're going to protect it for years to come you looking forward to the bear season
1: i'm yeah i am i really am i'm very much so looking forward to that we do have we do have, I mean, I'm not worried about bear season for 2022, um, but that's one of the issues that we are currently working on, and that'll be coming up. We'll have a new action for that very soon, because they'll be making a a decision or, or there'll be a recommendation on the bear management, um, on California bear management, coming from the department by April, mm-hmm. which could turn out to be, it could turn out to be the best thing that's happened for bear in California in a very, very long time Um, because they are taking the, hopefully it sounds like it. They're taking the management or the lack of data in their management plan and revising that because we believe the bear population numbers have grown (laughs) in California, which they have. It's, it's insane how many bear you see. Um, So, hound hunting was was banned in 2013 right so we haven't met the quota since then since that day since that that year that it was banned so the method of take the most effective method of take was taken away and hunters have not met that quota since then for a variety of reasons and uh, now we're expecting possibly a new bear management plan and i'm excited to see what might come out of that
0: it'd be amazing they if, yeah, yeah. if you guys could get like a spring season or uh uh-huh. uh just get even a longer season or more tags like it makes such a difference like those um uh those, those black bears uh they wreak havoc on on um uh, calves and on does or on fawns. Um, like it's amazing in the springtime here in Montana, like, uh, we see these bears really focused in on the elk calving grounds and, mm-hmm. and, the uh, the calves themselves, you know, are, uh, you know, bedded in the grass and they're, uh, their instincts are, you know, they're, they're to hold still for a week until they can get their legs underneath them to where they can keep up with mom. And so mom stashes them in the grass somewhere and they're supposed to hold still. But these black bears, they know it. And, uh, they are hunting these calves hard and, uh, they kill a bunch of them. Like, uh, uh, the predation on these fawns and on these, um, These calves is absolutely amazing. And so it's crucial that we control these uh, black bear populations to keep these um, ecosystems in balance. Like I can see it, uh, you know, it's right on my back doorstep here. So that's going to be huge for you guys in California. And you guys do have great bear populations and a bunch of great color phase, a uh, mm-hmm. lot of big chocolates and, and they're big bears. You guys have really good genetics, uh, big skulls out there. Like um, it, it, it really is a resource and a renewable resource. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see if you guys can uh, implement some change in that and hopefully get some more opportunity.
1: Yeah, 100%. This, this state is an um, amazing place to, to bear hunt and you're 100% right on predation of, of, of calves or fawns, whatnot. There's a, there's plenty of studies. There's actually, you know, ironically, a five-year study here done in California on the black-tailed deer population in Mendocino County and um, and essentially, <laughs> it's the the nosedive of the black, black-tailed deer population because of too many bear and too many lion. We don't have any mountain lion management hunting here whatsoever. Um, but what's what's additionally happening, and according to this five-year study, is that mountain lions are killing, you know, black-tailed deer, and black bear are coming and stealing those kills because there's and it's happening at a higher and higher rate. And so then that causes the mountain lion to go kill another deer. <laughs> so it's just it's having such a terrible effect on the black-tailed deer population. Um, you know, I, again, it's just it's it's all about management. And nobody, well, I'm not saying I'm not saying we need to wipe out all of the predators either, because some people they, you know, they kind of want to say that, you know, like let's get rid of them all or whatever. Well, no, no, that's that's not a good idea either. Yep. But there needs to be <laughs> there needs to be balance yep. for sure. And we are a part of this. With humans, because of our intellect, and we have data, and we have you know, things we can write down and study and all that, these animals do not. We have that, so let's use that, and let's utilize that. We're, we are a part of this as well. We're a part of nature just as much as they are, we, but we just have a different role, or we can have a different role if we decide to utilize it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we're seeing that too with the federal protection of the grizzly bears where it's getting really dangerous around Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. Like in my home valley here, there's on average probably five attacks a year and that goes for fishermen hunters recreators like you name it like there's starting to be more human bear conflict around there's mm-hmm. just so many grizzly bears and their numbers aren't controlled that you know we're we're seeing a lot of them and running into trouble and there was a fisherman that was fishing the madison last winter that stumbled upon a uh, moose kill, where that grizzly bear, he ended up killing him, and he was a young man, like, um, 39, I believe, which is just tragic. And so, like, I don't want to remove him from the landscape. I love hunting black bears, and we get a spring season here. Uh, I hunt him with my bow and arrow, and, um, we have to hunt them spot in stock. We don't have um, uh, any baits or anything in Montana, okay. but it's uh, so fun to be able to be out in the springtime and um, see the the critters, the, the elk and the deer and the bear, and see good numbers and really target these larger boars uh, on the landscape. It, it's just so fun, and I look forward to it each and every year, and so... You know it's it's the enjoyment of hunting them i I love seeing them on the landscape and having them It's just controlling it it's it's controlling a a manageable population of them that we can keep balance in the ecosystem and and we're all just looking to use science to use our biologists that are employed by these states uh to come up with the data so you know we we know what to pass or we know what the what the next move is but um man, you're just doing amazing work, Charles uh, absolutely awesome to get you on the podcast. And next time you have a big initiative or something come up where you need some voices, come back on the podcast and share it with me. I'd be happy to talk it over.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I really certainly appreciate that. And, you know, Eastman's as a whole, I I started the conversation off with speaking with Scott and, um, he's been, uh, Scott Reekers and he's, he's just been connecting me with, with everybody he can think of, which is which is great. I mean, I, I love that, of course, because, you know, I'm the president and founder of Howl. But the mission here is we need people and we need people to get involved. And the more you can, whatever you can do to get more people involved, the more it's actually on this particular issue or mission, whatever. The more it's going to help you if you are a hunter. This, this is really for the entire hunting community and, and, and angling and whatever else that, that we can get involved with. But, um, yeah, the more people, the better. So I, I really appreciate that. I really do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and our audience will take action as well. Like hearing you on the podcast and hearing, um, Uh, this support of wildlife and support of hunters like uh, we're all on board we want to get involved we just don't know the right way to go about it you know we 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 don't all know how to write our senators or to make the right phone calls at the right times and sure when some of these initiatives come up that are on our back doorstep we're forced to but to have an organization like yours that's going to inform me on this so i can stick up for hunters in new mexico or stick up for hunters in california and, and make sure that that we that we fight this in a a lot of these battle states and win so they they don't show up in all the western states i am on board like i have felt like we've been attacked from all different angles so to have an organization that can organize us and and make it easy for us to make it simple with uh, we go to your website and a few clicks we've sent this email we can personalize it you've just made it really easy for us to unite and have a voice so man i thank you charles it's amazing
1: thank thank you thank you very much um, yeah, so the website is uh, it's howlforwildlife.org, obviously. Uh, basically, social media, I I I I do everything on Instagram, and then it just it gets repeated on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But I'm I'm not really on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Instagram is howl underscore org. I think you can just type in howlforwildlife for wildlife as well. I'm sure you'll find us. But yeah, I really appreciate all the support.
0: Yep. All right. Thanks, sir. We'll talk soon
1: thank you very much thanks brian
0: all right guys that's a wrap oh it's so important to have these organizations like how that gets our voices to the to the right places the right committees making these decisions so uh just a great podcast with charles i thank him for all his work again how for wildlife it doesn't cost you anything you can go uh, uh, just subscribe to their email list so we can keep informed and we can keep united on these battleground states that are trying to take these rights from us. So um, it's super important to me and I need to be more involved as well. Uh, I don't consider myself, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I love to bow hunt so much that I spend a lot of my time thinking about preparing for and doing that. But I've also realized as I get older that I need to fight to protect this. Uh, that there are people that are trying to take this away from us, and so uh, I really need to do a better job at at being informed, at being involved, in making my voice heard, in, in helping to inform you guys, and nothing's changing on the podcast. Like I want to bring you guys next level information that makes you better Western hunters. But I think this is also an important piece of that. Uh, So thanks you guys for, for listening in. Uh, Thanks for supporting Hal, great organization follow him on social media as well. And uh, thanks to Charles for all his work on this deal and putting this program together. It's amazing. So um, yeah, with that uh, thanks to Eastman's for their support of the podcast. Make sure to check us out at tag hub Eastman's elite membership beyond the grid, uh, the magazines, uh, the magazines are Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. If you punch in the promo code Elevated Three Two One, that'll save you or that'll get you fifty dollars and a free outdoor Edge knife for both magazines for a year. Uh, it's a great magazine. Uh, staff writers pour a heart and soul. We also have subscriber stories in there. Uh, It's a good gauge to look at Western trophies, too, and where these trophies are coming out of, which states and things of that nature. Uh, They also have the MRS section in the back, which is great for research for these out-of-state hunts. Uh, So make sure to check that out. Also, thanks again to Black Rifle Coffee Company. Again, the promo code at the end of that, punch in. uh, Well, I think you have to backslash Eastman's and then um, you can punch in the promo code Brian to save you some off that Uh, their instant is great for the mountains and as light as you can get for coffee I love that stuff Um, so make sure to check them out make sure to check out cutter stabilizers uh, building these great carbon fiber bars that hold up to all the abuses bow hunters can put on them Uh, also they now have a side mount bracket. Uh, It's built with the same durability, the same quality as the bars. They also have weights available, and and this is a small business. Uh, Earl is one of us. Um, He's a small-town guy who's um, really put the research and development into these bars and stabilizers and really built a quality product, and so I couldn't be happier supporting him or supporting his company over there at Cutter. So um, with that, thanks, you guys, for listening in. Thanks for the shares on social media. Uh, The ratings and reviews, those always help on the podcast um, uh, hosting sites. And, um, man, with that, just keep getting you guys out some good recordings. So um, thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you next week.